Kane's Big Joe for Absolute Comfort, your trusted independent American Standard Air dealer. And owner Chris Wedekin sells the Mitsubishi Electric Mini Split, a great option for heating and cooling where ductwork can't be installed. If you have one of those homes that has baseboard heat or electric heat, ceiling cable heat, these can be specifically designed for those houses because in those houses it's very difficult to have them do all the construction and remodeling that goes with adding ductwork into those types of homes. Find out more by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted independent American Standard Air Mitsubishi Electric Elite Ductless Pro Dealer. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. So we've been spending a lot of time talking about the response to the train derailment in Ohio and the subsequent chemical disaster that happened afterward. Yep. We spent a lot of time talking about the response. Let's talk about the actual crash for just a moment. The National Transportation Safety Board has released its preliminary report on that derailment and toxic spill in East Palestine, Ohio. Investigators say crew members tried to slow the train down after an overheated wheel bearing set off an alarm after the crew saw fire and smoke, a possible derailment was reported to the dispatcher. The train was traveling at an estimated 47 miles per hour below the speed limit of 50. At the time of the crash, five of the derailed cars were carrying the highly toxic chemical vinyl chloride, which for whatever reason was burned off to avoid further destruction. So one of the things that you need to keep in mind here is what it actually takes to derail a train. And the answer is not much, but not much, but so there was some concerns. First of all, this was an issue with the tracks that something had been uh, maybe sabotaged or there was maybe a problem with uh, the, the right line on the rail. And that that wasn't the case. And it appears here after their initial investigation, especially after what was reported to the dispatch, um, that it was an issue with a brake failing um, an overheated wheel bearing messing with uh, the brake systems. And this is one of the things that Norfolk Southern has really put off, according to the records, put off upgrading on a lot of their trains over the last couple of years. This is not new, by the way. You see this in airlines as well. A lot of these large corporations and organizations, they don't really feel that they need to do anything to improve a lot of their equipment because that's very expensive. And they're already receiving all of these beautiful big subsidies from the federal governments and state governments where their headquarters are. So they just kind of let things go until, you know, maybe an accident happens. Maybe we'll be forced to upgrade it someday. But if a little bit of a spill happens, what does it matter? And I'm not sure if this had anything to do with it or not, but this was a really long train, too. Now, it could have just been a couple of cars. And if this type of accident, you know, where the wheel bearing overheats causes the crash, it is what it is. But we're being told this was a really long, long train. Normally, the type of trains that I get stuck behind when I pull up to a railroad crossing, especially that one on Raymond Street. And I've told Matt Bear about this time and time again because he's my therapist. When I get stuck in traffic, he just has to sit there and listen to me. That train on Raymond Street on the south side, not too far from Garfield Park, man, that thing gets stuck on the tracks every time that it goes by. So back in the day, I used to uh, spend a lot of time in Muncie in the mornings, and there used to be a train that would... Uh, cross Tillotson Avenue 
and would stop outside a McDonald's. And the driver in the morning would get out, the, the engineer would get out of the train, go into McDonald's, pick up his breakfast, and then start the train forward again, and little, not caring at all that traffic was building up <laughs> on Tillotson Avenue in a Muncie morning. We had a guy who used to say that he was coming into school late because of that train, only then they found out that he was living on the side of the tracks closest to the school. So uh, It was worth a shot. <laughs> yeah, it was totally that, worth a nice shot try. right there. I'm not even mad at him. Uh, so that's what happened with the accident. Now let's talk about the response. Right. Because Pete Buttigieg went there yesterday and he told Joy Reid that he was there to get work done. And this wasn't some sort of political photo op. And of course, Joy Reid buys this hook, line and sinker because it's the political left. Because a reminder, I'm old enough to remember when Ted Cruz was crucified by the left for trying to flee to Cancun when that big freeze took place in Texas, and rightfully so. And then you had Bush getting ripped for his handling of Katrina, rightfully so. Meanwhile, you've got Pete Buttigieg, who has the laziest response out of anybody to this catastrophe in Ohio. He waits two and a half, almost three weeks to get there, a couple of weeks to acknowledge what went on, and yet, everybody on the political left is pretty silent here. So addressing what Secretary Buttigieg says, we need to look at the words, get work done, and then we need to ask two questions. Number one, when was the work going to be done? And number two, what is this work that's being done? So obviously, he's the Secretary of Transportation. What work is he actually doing? If he's showing up there to speak or to learn anything from the event... I need to know what work it is that you're actually doing. He was doing. working, Tony. He had a hard hat on. Yeah, and he had a Carhartt vest. It was really funny. <laughs> Hello, fellow blue-collar workers. How do you do? And then also there's the win. He's there to get work done that many days, like three weeks, four weeks after the explosion. It's incredible. I, I'm I am shocked to see him tell Joy Reid that he's just there to get work done, but he couldn't, he was busy taking dates with Chaston and ignoring Daily Caller News Foundation reporters before he finally got around to, quote, get work done, quote. Meanwhile, you had Joe Biden, who hasn't gone to Ohio at all. At least Pete Buttigieg went there. He was late. He probably did it begrudgingly. He only went because he was getting criticized from the media about it, but he went Joe Biden went to Ukraine and had this fake alarm go off while he and Zelensky started walking around and the media bought this hook, line, and sinker. Listen to the way the national media is carrying the water for that Joe Biden trip to Ukraine. Joe Biden has put solidarity ahead of his own personal safety. Air raid sirens and no real guarantee of security. As air raid sirens blared. This was incredibly dramatic, Andrea. It was historic as well. Historic, timely, and brave. The first American president to go to a war zone with no U.S. military presence for security on the ground. Uh, American presidents have made dramatic trips before. Nixon to China, Kennedy, Reagan to the Berlin Wall, and presidents have visited U.S. troops in war zones, but never like this. To find a, a day of this kind of presidential bravery in a war zone, you've got to go all the way back to 1864. The swagger of this trip, not just the, 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 the execution of the secrecy, but the swagger of it on display on the streets of Kiev. They're making it sound like he was the president in the movie Independence yeah, Day. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Who walked up there to fire up the masses to fight for their existence. This is our Independence Day. 
He went to go get his 10% because he's the big guy, slapped Zelensky on the ass, and they fired off a fake air raid. Also, I'm going to make this very clear for everyone who is listening. The president of the United States was in absolutely 0.00% danger in any way, shape, or form in Ukraine. The last thing, the very last thing that the Federation of Russia would like to do is cause any harm to the president of the United States that would invoke the full military response of the United States. That would be the stupidest move in all of history beyond Pearl Harbor, beyond attacking Russia in the winter on the ground, beyond any blunder that you could conceive of. There is no way anyone, anyone at all, would possibly attack the president of the United States when he was in Kiev. Does anybody buy the story that this is one of the most courageous things a president has ever done? Is anybody buying that? Because we just played you that montage, but then... Ha ha ha, Karine Jean-Pierre doubled down on it earlier today. I mean, the trip that President Biden took to Kiev, as many of you reported on, was uh, historic. It was brave. Many of oh. you talked about how we heard the, the sirens wailing oh. uh, in the background as the president was on the ground. Remember, there was there is no military uh, on the ground in, in Ukraine, U.S. military on the ground in Ukraine. And the president took this trip to send a very clear message, not just to the people of Ukraine, not just to Russia, but the world. Okay, I'd like to point out one thing. How incompetent are you trying to make the United States Secret Service and military look? If the president was actually in some kind of danger, you know who should have been there with him? The United States military. There should have been a contingent. There should have been a small, goodness, at least give the poor man a platoon if we're talking about protecting the United States in some kind of a war zone or situation. Instead, what Cade, you know, Corinne Jean-Pierre is trying to communicate is that the United States military is too stupid to keep our dementia-ridden leader from danger. So either... The U.S. let their president go to a very dangerous area and prance around, or alternatively, he was never in any real danger and it's political theater. Let's talk about the air raid siren for just a moment, because it's not just me who feels like this was an orchestrated deal, because they had not had that siren go off in a while. And then magically, the time that Zelensky and Biden started walking out together, wow, the siren went off. I'm not the only one to notice it, even those dirt bags at CNN did. Um, I've been here for the past five days. I have not heard any explosions. I have not heard any air sirens until about half an hour ago, right when uh, <laughs> President Biden was in the center of Kiev, as, as Clarissa was, was just mentioning. What a coincidence. Yeah, gee whiz. Wow, a shocker. Also, no Russian aircraft sighted over any nearby area for a large kilometer radius. I'm I'm just not buying it. I'm not. And again, if I'm proven wrong, happy to say so. If there was some rogue Russian jet who was going to go in and try to stir something up, okay. But according to absolutely everyone on the ground and in the air, didn't happen. Looks fake. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.